Thank you for listening to or watching the Upland Down Under podcast. Tonight's show is recording live on Wednesday, the 6th of September at about 7.30 p.m. AEST. On tonight's show, we plan on catching up on some crypto and newly expanded Upland market news, of course, and then we're going to dive into some general Upland news. That includes checking in on this September neighborhood ratings collection battle, the latest neighborhood flash challenge, 2023 NFLPA bundle sales on the way, and an insight into what might possibly be the next Tokyo expansion. Uh, main topic well, topics for tonight will be the red flag that got waved during the recent Stock Car Pro Series and how, amazingly enough, this didn't really seem to impact a whole lot on what ended up being a very successful first Totems Pass drop. Successful for some, utterly brutal for others, including myself and the easy-to-do but uh, super bonehead move that I made at about 2.30 a.m. this morning during the sales period, which then ensured that I was locked out with no chance whatsoever to get one. More on that later. Also got some Web3 and Meet Sudiverse news to cover, of course, uh, quips on multi-accounting, and I'll be outlining a new weekly contest challenge for the MBA server, including giving away a prize for last week. All that more on this, the newly branded Upland Down Under podcast. Did you see the new branding I put in? I played around with mid-journey and found some new prompts that I could get it to spit out some images that are a bit more specific to what I wanted. So that was a bit of fun. Um, if you're wondering how you can take part in the live recordings of this podcast, well, you have to be in the MBA server, the link to which is in the description. I drop the link to the Zoom every Wednesday night at about 7.15 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. All right, let's have a look at the Breaking Badly news and see what's happening in the cryptos and the upland markets. As I said, some expanded this week. As I mentioned last week, I was going to play around. I played around with a few different formats and I was like, oh, let's not totally break something that seems to be working at least half decently. So I just expanded it. So the crypto, she's, again, there's a few that have taken a big dip here, but interesting enough, there's some specific reasons for that, which um, we'll touch on later in the show. Uh, global crypto market cap down another 4.1%, getting going back towards that $1 trillion. So it was 1.09 trillion last week, down to 1.047. Again, gets me raising my eyebrows. All right, am I going to start my dollar cost averaging up again? Don't know, wait and see. Bitcoin dominance has also dropped. I guess people are bailing out, taking some punts on some of these ones that have dropped hard. I'll, I'll just kind of fast forward to Gala being a prime example, down to whopping 28.6%. There's some pretty interesting litigation that's going on with that that we'll dive into a bit later in the show. Um, that's kind of resulted in that. It's, I believe I had a quick look at the chart before. Don't quote me on it, but it might be hitting all-time lows there. So I may be picking up um, a slightly bigger bag myself um, just to kind of bring my average cost down for the bag that I do have. Not financial advice, do your own research, all of that stuff. But, yeah, starting to look pretty juicy, the old gala. That's assuming it survives the litigation. You never know. Wait and see. What's happening with Bitcoin? Down 6.6%, floating back to the 25K mark. Ethereum kind of following suit, down 5.6%, back to 1,629. Wax is down only 5.5%, which is interesting because they've got some, well, I guess it's not specifically Wax, but one of the major Wax platforms, Atomic Hub, it's in all sorts of drama at the moment as well. 
More on that later. Engines up. That's what I forgot to do. I knew I was forgetting something. I was going to go and have a look. I wonder why engines taken a little boost there. Up 4.7%. Was 25 cents last week. Up 26% this week. Although now that I say that, I believe it was jumping around a fair bit when I was taking that snapshot. So who knows? Maybe I just happened to time it when somebody was making some moves. Ripple down 6%, kind of in line with Bitcoin and Ethereum. Solana down 10%, now under $20. That's another one I might keep an eye on to get my bag cost down. EOS down 5.4%, getting back to the 50 cent mark. Wow. Polygon down 4.3%. Cardano down just over 4%. Tron, Tron's just, I love Tron. Tron just kind of steady as she goes. It's actually up 1.1% this this week, uh, flow down 8.5%, avalanche down 7.7%, and Shiba down 8.5% as well. So, yeah, um, the bear market, she ain't over yet. And like I said, some of these some of these projects seem to be really feeling the pinch. Um, sometimes it's not a bad thing to shake out, shake out some of these uh, semi-dodgy projects. Um, so fear and greed index last week was neutral at 42. This week we dropped down to fear. Just kind of touching in the orange at 35. So, yes, interesting. But, yeah, I'm definitely going to have a look at reducing my buy-ins on some of those bags that I hold. All right, so as you can see with the Upland, I've expanded this to cover pretty much all of the cities in Upland thanks to upxland.me. Um, very easy to go over there and track all of the data there. Um, I have taken out, if you sort their data out, it does include uh, the terminals so i've taken all of those out because that's you know that's a different market all to itself one that i don't really mess with um only pro trouble with taking the full massive snapshot like this is obviously i don't then have the time to be able to go through and double check like specifically double check all of these numbers i know that detroit london and rio have um locked properties or jailed properties at their floor which is messing their floors up that's why they're marked in red so those ones I did double check and fix those up. But some of these other ones, just always take it with a grain of salt. There may be a lock property or two um, that jumps in there. Usually you can pick it up. If there's a big massive drop, say like down 30% or something, sometimes that's indicative that there's a lock property there. But clearly it's not in this case because it's just hit the $3 floor there in Bakersfield. So what is actually going on? Um, some of the other points that I've made here, I've highlighted some of these different cities, specifically the difference in the UPX and the USD price. I've highlighted there Detroit in green. That's your best bang for your buck for buying for UPX and selling for USD as far as you know the, the, um, the range, whatever the spread or whatever you want to call it, arbitrage or however you want to define that. So that's your best bang for your buck there. So you can buy in Detroit now for just under 4,300 UPX and you can flip that for $3. Um, again, not exactly sure how fast they move. I did mention, I don't know if it was last week or the week before, that I was going to buy a few Dallas properties and see, because that was pretty healthy as well. It's since dropped back a bit now. Um, they sat for, geez, 48 hours or more. So didn't move as fast there. So that's the that's the best bang for your buck in Detroit. And I've also got there, what have I got there? Highlighted kind of light green, Buenos Aires, Las Vegas, and Rio de Janeiro. They're also pretty narrow spread there. You can buy for 5,000 UPX and Rio, for example, and sell for $3. Las Vegas, buy for 8,500, sell for $5.30. 
And Buenos Aires buy for 6,500, sell for just under $4. Again, not sure how fast they move. On the flip side, we've got what is the worst spread, and currently that's Rutherford. If you buy Rutherford for 25,000 UPX, the floor on the USD is under $10.999. So that's a lot of UPX for not much USD out there. Although I would assume that if you're flipping it at $9.99, it's probably going to move pretty fast. So there's always pros and cons to that. And the same with that, I've got light red there. So Manhattan, uh, Manhattan, London, Kansas, Bronx, the spread on those between the UPX and the USD is kind of creeping out there. Now, of course, if you're somebody who's buying for USD and flipping for UPX, well, then you, f- then you spin that all around. And your best bang for your buck there is to buy one property for $9.99 USD in Rutherford and then flip that for 25K. So just depends what your focus is. My focus is on buying for UPX and flipping for USD. So that's why I've done it like that. So with that being said, yes, Bakersfield has hit the $3 patch or the $3 minimum on the USD. So that's down 30%. Berlin's up 10%, almost 11% on the USD. Back over $8.842. Birmingham up 10% on the UPX, flirting with 8000 and then what else jumping at? Las Vegas, whoa, 20.6% drop on the UPX was 10,255 last week, 8,500 this week. That's, that's probably an example of one of the ones that I should go and check the, um, the floor, just make sure there's no shenanigans going on there with lock properties. But probably not because whenever you see the, whenever you see the UPX price dropping and the, the other price, the USD price rising or vice versa, it usually means there's something going on there with the floor flippers. Either somebody's buying for UPX and selling for USD or vice versa when it's paired like that. That's pretty even, 20, 20% on one and almost 20% on the other. So I would assume that's what's going on there. LA managed to get back over the $3 mark. Yeah, $3.70. What else is jumping out? New Orleans up. That looks like a flip to Oakland, 25% down on the USD. Somebody's selling out Oakland. What's $5 last week down to $4 this week? And everything else is pretty flat, although I can't see Tokyo. Let me move this out of the road. What's happening to Tokyo? Tokyo, pretty flat there. 18,499, which is up 2.8%, and just over $8.28, $28 up 4%. So, yeah. Not a lot happening in the rest of it. Interesting. So what does that mean with all of the other stuff that we cover? Let me get that out the road. So 90-day averages, I'm surprised to see this actually go back to tracking down. The kind of the tail bump on that that I was expecting to see from Tokyo and all of the funds that got pumped into them hasn't really shone through. That still just slips sliding away, down 1.2%. This week on the transaction volume and down one point, no, sorry, what am I looking at? 1.7% on the trading volume. So still slip sliding away. Unique active wallets over the week up almost 2%. Makes, makes sense. We had a bunch of sales come in, totems. Um, what else? We have stock cars and there's also a few different challenges and whatnot about. So it makes sense to see that. 54,810 unique active wallets for the week, which is very healthy compared to all of the other Metaverse projects out there, which I've got a bit of a wine to get into a bit later as well, associated with that. 
Um, total unminted properties, we had just under 3,000 properties minted through the week. So it's still plenty available, although 312,757. Again, thank you to upexland.me for all of their super easy to use um, data that's readily accessible and they keep it well and truly updated. So thank you, lads that are over there. All right, I'll take a breath for a second. And let's take a look at some neighborhood ratings. So we did see Hell's Kitchen, was it? Oh, they took it away the last month for August. Congratulations once again. And this bloody screen share thing's going to be in the road every time I do it. There we go. I now have highlighted that. Monero is out in front currently, and they're still ahead of Midtown Terrace, closely followed by Holliswood. Those upland numbers, those are the most up-to-date numbers, but it's always hard to visualize that. Luckily, we've got good mate Rock Drigo available, and he puts out the very cool graphic, which is going to reload and drive me crazy. Should I click it? No. I'll reload it, see what happens. So, yes, um, Monero, they've got a major push underway. I know that the Manhattan team have got a big push underway as well, so we will see them creeping up. Um, not really doing anything in Midtown Terrace. Ah, here we go. It's loaded now. So Monero, big jump for this month. Um, kind of well and truly cleared themselves of both Midtown Terrace and Horsewood. Now, where's the Manhattan one? It's a G one, isn't it? Greenwich Village? I think it might be that one. Maybe it's that one. Yeah, Manhattan. I believe it's that one. So that'll be an interesting one to keep an eye on over the coming months. Um, yeah, so I don't think anybody's really in a position to challenge Monero, but we shall wait and see. I know um, almost certain that Midtown Terrence is not going to do anything for this month. We'll see how it play, plays out in October or potentially November. That's neighbourhood ratings. Now, speaking of neighbourhoods, did you get yourself involved in the neighbourhood flash challenge that Lisette put up? I know a few people were onto that lickety split and got that up and away straight away. And what do you know? It's going to reload as well. Gosh, I got all the trouble to re to front load all of these all of these tabs before we get kicked off, and then I got to reload them anyway. Maybe I'll have to see if I can do it from memory. That'll be fun. So, yes, if you didn't see, Lisette did drop in the, I believe it's the live updates channel in the official Upland server that there is a new kind of flash challenge thing going on at the moment. Oh, here it is. I'll just read it. So, Lisette says, you know those silly top five places to live lists floating around the internet? Well, we think it's time for a list of our own. So, what you have to do is get on over to the flash challenge um channel there's a link there that you can click on it to go over there and you need to share a screenshot of why you think your neighborhood should be picked as a top neighborhood and then you have to include the name of the neighborhood of course and your in-game name the top five as decided by the upland team will decide will receive ten thousand upex challenge starts now and ends at 1 p.m pt wednesday september 6 so you don't have very long to get your entries in um i'd love to get a nice screenshot of midtown terrace but i can't Every time I try and get a screenshot of Midtown Terrace, it bloody crashes. Upland can't even handle Midtown Terrace. That's how cool it is. 
Although I did see Finsky managed to get one in there. So thank you, Finman. So yes, I don't know. Anybody in chat? What you do you putting in for that? What's your favorite neighborhood? No, not in any nodes. But do you, do you just have a favorite neighborhood, Lily? Where you know? What where's your residential address? My residential address is my Lily Tower. Ah, in San Francisco. Yes. Yes, I was. Yeah, very, I think I've got a big prop right near there that I've been meaning to put one up there as well. Yep, that's where my residential and there's nobody there. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm, and the neighbourhood I came through from before that, I was only one of three people in there as well. Um, and I don't know who the other two people were. Nice. You like your space. I just, I don't have time to involve myself in that kind of stuff. So if I have a property in a node, I make sure I develop it to whatever they're doing um, yeah. and I allocate an ornament to it, but I don't involve myself. In you, it. Haven't, you haven't been tempted to do the kind of um, home base for hire situation? Like there's so many different projects out there offer incentives, like I believe Monero would probably be doing something at the moment. No, I don't have a property in Monero either. Yeah, but do they just temp swap to get you in there and boost the stats? Nah. 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 Yeah, it is a, is a lot of work trying to keep track of it all. It's easy to forget too. Yes. Oh, there's been plenty of times that I've done that to swap a property for something and the other, and then I've been on one of my sales rampages and sold a property and then had to buy it back at 2x because I was supposedly holding it for somebody else. And I go, oh, whoops. Okay, note to self, never swap properties with them. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've, I've got in the habit of when I do that now, I immediately list it for 68 million UPEX. So if I get in one of my sales rampages, I see that there, I go, oh, that must be something. And then I can backtrack to find out what it is. So, yeah. Probably not a bad idea, though. So Swally has said in chat too, no, but Holliswood is his home. Yeah, so Holliswood is definitely in the mix, probably unless um, Holliswood's radishes heads, no, it isn't, unless he's going to do something specific this month, probably be in the mix with Midtown Terrace next month, as I said, unless um, the Manhattan crew take over again. Have to wait and see. All right. Now, we also did see that um, through the week, the 2023 NFL PA season bundles, there's a bit about to kick off with those as well. Now, I didn't fully catch it, but I did see there was a bit of grumblings going on in the Upland General channel. Like, oh, you're going to sell us more stuff, but we don't even have a utility yet for all of the other stuff. And where's all the promises for all of the other stuff? I'm actually on the flip side of all of that. I have had zero interest whatsoever in NFLPAs up until now. I did open an NFLPA shop because I was doing that many burner swaps. I ended up with a whole bunch of them. I thought, well, I might as well open, a, open up a MetaVenture and sell them for USD myself. And I'm actually going to buy some packs. So there you go. Who would have thought after all the raging and whining and got no interest that I used to carry on about, I'm actually going to drop some. Drop some coin and buy a few NFL PA packs. That's assuming that I get the chance to, if my shitty luck with these things continues. Who knows? Um, there's not many details have been released about all that yet. Um, Lisette did say in the post that she put out, see you all next week and have a great weekend. Hopefully that means that more information is coming. Have to wait and see. So, yes, um, 
I can understand why people who have gone all in in how, geez, how long NFLPA began has to at least be 2021, 2022, 2023. So it's been going for a few years. I can imagine that, yeah, well, I can appreciate that some people are saying, yeah, well, what, what about all this other stuff you promised us? So, wait and see. Now, I did yeah, mention. I have a feeling yeah. that I've got 2020s. Yeah, that, that might have been because they were definitely at, oh, 2020s. Yeah. Yeah, that might track actually because they were at, they were at that first Las Vegas Genesis week, weren't they? That was 2021 and they were out, they were released before then. So. Mm. Yeah, the only ones I've ever bought were the first slot to say that I, you know, joined in kind of mm. thing. I'm pretty sure they were 2020s. Yeah, cool. All right, so you're talking 2020, 2021, 2020. Yeah, so this is the fourth year of NFLPA bundles. Interesting. Maybe um, I'm going to speak about Upland and its place in the wider metaverse kind of ecosystem a bit later. Maybe it might be a bit of... Um, and throw the NFLPA into that conversation as well. Some of these kind of one-sided partnerships that seem to be all the rage at the moment. Wait and see. All right, now I did hint that I may have a line on what the next Tokyo expansion might be. Um, so what the hell am I going on about with that? And how did I come up with that? I basically just pulled it straight out of my bum. Um, I was clickety-clacking around the um, showroom in Tokyo for Sam, uh, Samurai Aquatics has been inaugurated. It's ready to go. It's stocked, ready to open. But, of course, there is no current city hall in Tokyo to apply for a MetaVenture. So I just did a bit of clicking around and thinking, okay, well, maybe where is the city hall going to be? And what do you know? Just outside of the current Shinjuku, oh, sorry, the Shibuya map, just above Yoyogi, there is a little mark there that says Tokyo Prefectural Government, and that's in the Shinjuku Ward. So I zoomed in a bit, and what do you know? There's actually there's one property just sitting there. I scrolled around all around in that area, and I didn't see any other properties ready to go. It is a locked property, of course, but there's a 1,632 upspread property there, Tokyo Prefectural Government. I don't know. That looks like it's ready and primed for a building to start going up there for me. Have you heard any musings about that, Lily, in the cafe or anywhere? No, everybody's expecting one soon, I think, but no idea yeah. of where. Yeah, that's. I've said that to a few people too that have been, you know, they're saying I'm going to go all in in the totems and that. I'm like, well, just be aware that I know you're a fan of Japan, so maybe not go all in. But, yeah, if I had to put any money, I would say Shinjuku is going to do the expansion because why else would they open a city hall there? So I would expect that the city hall will start getting put up on that property at some stage and then we're going to expand to Shinjuku. But could be a red herring. Who knows? But like I said, that's what I put my money on. have to wait and see. I have to wait and see. I hope so, because Shinjuku is a very cool, fun area. Yeah. Yes. Now, main topic discussions I had for tonight, specifically, and talk about the stock car bundle sale. How did you go with that? Did you get up at the 2 goddamn AM to get involved in all that? 
Yes, I did. I didn't get up. I stay awake oh, because the nerd. only time that I am good in the morning is if I've been up all night. Oh. <laughs> so that's what I do. I have a nap and then I stay up. And I got some and I only got the essentials delivered and the essentials had better stuff in it than everything else I got later today. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I got a, a rare in my essentials mm. of an internationally known driver. Mm. So it was Rubens Barrichello. And oh, when yeah, I saw he's the name, very well I went, oh, I know that name. I didn't know that that was even a possibility. So I'm kind of like rubbing my hands going, oh, that is so good. And that is the best thing I've got. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I I got two packs. I, I wasn't able to get the really good packs. I just grabbed, I think it might have been the, the two of the lowest packs. And they, none of those got delivered, but they came through today. I didn't even, it was right when I was going to work, so I didn't even have a look. Nothing jumped out at me as known. Um, but, yeah, I thought it was interesting that, like, Upland seemed to have had this system well and truly you know, sort it out. Like they have these bundle sales and then immediately get them delivered. We've seen this work really well with some of the structure ornament sales, um, several of the past sales as well, that the delivery time was very quick, no issues. Um, was a bit strange to see this pop up. Yeah, it's like going backwards or something. Maybe they changed the system. Yeah, or the classic one is the intern press the wrong button or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that could have happened too. Yeah, so the red flag got thrown, which meant they they put the kibosh on the on the sale. Now, what what was the actual? I forget what the actual wording of that was. Um, do you remember what they did? They delayed it. No, they they paused that sale or the delivery or something, and then they they pushed back the totem by a day, the totem sale by a day, didn't they? Yes, to make sure they could deliver the totems. What did you think about that? Was there anything that, about that part that stuck out to you? Uh, the no emails <laughs> really, really, really upset me because with these things, hubby's asleep, I have to know whether to wake him up. Mm. I can check his emails. Checking his emails is, is okay. I can't log into his account. So if, without an email in his email account, I don't know whether to wake him up. Yeah. I don't know if he's got a place in line. And not only that, I'm sitting there going, yeah, well, I'm an hour in, but I am I an hour in with 500 people ahead of me or am I an hour in with 5,000 people ahead of me? Yeah. I need to know whether I'm staying up or not. Yeah, I had a bit of a wine session with Swali at 2 a.m. this morning. Um, you know, I was, I was basically saying, and, you know, Lily, I've been raging about this for years and years and years. Please put an eight-hour gap between the end of registration and the start of sale so we know if it's even, if it's worth bothering getting up. It's just this wake up at 2 a.m. to see if it's worth waking up at 2 a.m. It just, it sucks. Yeah, so I got to bed at 4 a.m. this morning. Yeah. I probably wasn't that far behind you. By the time I got done with my... um bonehead moves that I made and by the time I got back to sleep I was probably asleep just before four and then of course the 6 a.m alarm kicks in the face to go to work so oh and Zoe fun. missed the totems she said she didn't even try I was always in yes yeah, missed missed this round did you get shafted by the RNG gods Zoe or you just um skipped it entirely 
face too. So I yeah, skipped it entirely. All right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, what stood out to me with the whole so the stock car issue that that there was a problem there, and you know, good on Upland for shutting it down and getting it sorted out. But it kind of raised my eyebrows that then they immediately, well, not immediately, because they did push the totem sale back a day, but still that's not a lot of time to get the other situation sorted out. So it was the case where this morning's totem sale went ahead before all of those stock car legits had been delivered, those bundle packs. Um, some of them still haven't been delivered. And I thought, wow, that's very brave of Upland. They've already had one one fail and they're still going to play ahead with the other one. It's like, whoa, that is, is that Stupid, brave. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, in decisions like that, I just think it's their business. I'll, I'll let them make whatever decision they are, and I'll just ride the wave. Yeah, my take was it actually gave me confidence that they, that they, you know, for them to proceed, I figured they must know exactly what the stock car bundle sale issue was. They must know exactly what the issue was. They're putting the the fixes for it, and it's just a process of getting through. So. I, that actually, believe it or not, gave me more confidence that we'd see the totem one go off without a hitch. So, Well, you know, they're very excited about totems. Um, mm. And they know we've been waiting just, you know, as long as they told us, which was very early on, yeah. um, that we would get life. So they know that we're all excited. So, yeah, they, they knew that, you know, people would be you know dying to get their hands on the first ones. Yeah, they wouldn't have wanted to delay it any more than they had to, that's for sure. So, yeah, no, that's the totem sale definitely went off without a hitch. Um, as I said, if you were lucky enough to get in with the RNG gods and got a good position in the queue, good on you. I never have any luck with those bloody things. And then to top it off, yeah, I completely screwed myself. So, what happened? That's the oh. story. I'll save that for a little bit longer. We got we got one more thing to touch on. Um, we'll get to there after this. Um, I did see YK twenty twelve, and I believe Desjack and the the assassins they put out a, a um, an image that shows all the totem traits as well. So this is on Twitter YK twenty twelve at Upland Guide. He said, learn everything about five totem traits ahead of the mystery pass sale. Every totem is unique, and this chart will help you to understand your totem's rarity. So we've got a big chart here. It shows all the different life forms there. What do we got? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven different styles, seven different color frequencies, nine different scale capacities, and four totem base possibilities. Um, I thought this was really good, not just because it shows you, not just because of YK2012 has put this together, but this shows, this is a very good, how do I word this? This is a very good insight into what it takes for a UGC content creator. If you're going to be somebody who's going to manufacture 3D items and you're going to want to put them out for sale, Upland wants to see this. This has to be in this kind of um, forward-thinking design process has to be in with your submissions. When you submit your items, you need to tell them your schema details, like what are all of the different types of this you're going to want to potentially make in the future. Like you can't make a, a a red car of a certain type and then six months down the track, you, you're going to submit a green car that's the same base model, it's just a different colour. Upland wants to see that you've had all of that planned out in front. Um, 
you somebody that's delved quite heavily into that yourself, Lily, on the back end, have you been involved in trying to set up all these different schemas and whatnot? I have submitted six models. My factories are still not open. Yep. But I just went ahead and submitted six and just said, well, at least maybe they won't be too far behind my factories. My factories have been over three months, um, so I figure it won't be too far behind there. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of patience required, even with the new system that's vastly improved on the old system. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I did say, you know, I reserve the right to do, you know, six different colours or whatever and so much of each mint. I told them how many mints of each I would be doing and, you know, that I would also like to include it in this thing. Um, yeah, I did spell all that out with each submission. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely something to keep in, in mind. And because, like, um, some people, they don't get that information. They're not aware that that's an, a requirement until they're in that, okay, I'm ready to submit my stuff um, process. But this is to, to come up with a schema system like this. That's a lot of work to, you know, think about what you're going to do, plan it all out and that sort of stuff. So if you are somebody that has any interest whatsoever in user-generated content, whether that be 3D items or, you know, there's any sort of layer two stuff, yeah, this is a good idea of what you need to at least be thinking about. Um, so I thought that was good insight, but yeah. Um, so it's interesting, and I believe this is this is all going to be RNG based, isn't it? You just you don't you've got no got no idea what you're going to get. So you're going to have an equal opportunity to get an elegant purple medium square as you're going to have as a fantasy red normal pentagon. Yep. Yeah. So, how many packs did you get? If you don't mind sharing, just the one. Just the one. Um, I I don't know, but my bank went down. Um, just as I think I'm not sure because I couldn't see on my bank if I was charged. I got oopsed, <gasps> and so I I bring it up on my phone like, is it going to go through? And my bank, you know, quick preview has zero zero zero. So I hit log in, and it's like can't reload your balances. So I'm oh. thinking, oh my god. Not only is the bank not functioning, yeah. um, I'm being oops, but I was oops to the final, you know, congratulations, you have bought bit that never went through. And so then I checked PayPal and PayPal hadn't gone through either. Ooh. And I got I ended up getting one because I waited an hour. So I was like the last people to buy. Mm. And so then I got one on pending. That was it. Nice. Lucky. So you're still not 100% sure whether that other one went through or not? It, yeah, today it hasn't. It hasn't yeah. gone through. So. And is that – oh, sorry, go ahead. You know, the guys in the cafe were checking blockchain for me while I was looking at the bank and everything going, yeah, it's not there, it's not there. Mm. Was that – do you know if that's a like a widespread thing or is that just unlucky you? Or? Unlucky me. They must have just been doing a data drop or something at that time. Mm. Yes, all right. Well, so my bonehead move was I set my alarm for one fifty-five a.m., which gives me enough time to, you know, sneak off for a quick toilet run and then check my emails, see what place I'm, see what um, where I'm at in the queue. Uh, for the UPX sale, I was like an hour and twenty minutes, so obviously zero chance for that one. But the um, 
the USD sale, I was 32 minutes, something like that. So I thought, okay, that's potentially doable. Um, we get up to about the two minutes to go mark before I can buy it. So I do the manual authentication on the app and then I get the big green button and I'm like, yippee, I managed to get one. I press buy. And then because I was on my phone, it brings up the double click here to purchase for whatever it was, $85 Australian or something. I was like, oh, hang on a minute. I want to use my Tilly balance. So I X'd out of there and then on my phone went to the, the web-based version, logged in, and then my timer had been reset. My timer was reset to you have to wait for 37 minutes. So by that time, they were all gone. So, yeah, note to self, if you want to do anything at all with your Tilia balance, it cannot be in the mobile version. It must be on the web-based version. I should have known that. I do know that. 2 a.m., 2.30 a.m., brain, just complete brain fade. So, yeah, I just stayed up for practically an hour and got nothing. So I knew that... um, Swally and I were talking at the time and he was watching the time too because he was going to go for one of those USD ones. And did you end up getting two, Swally? He feel partly irresponsible. No, you actually helped a lot because Bima able to whinge to you live as it was all happening, helped me just get over it and go back to sleep. So, yeah, he just got the one. So he was watching that, that tick down as well because he got a bad RNG position as well. So, yeah, I just totally stooged myself. I could have easily got one. Now... One thing that popped up that I thought was interesting or super greasy, we have seen with some of these limited supply sales, like um, things with Block Explorers. Look, what have we had? Like the um, St. Patrick's Day Block Explorer or the Tokyo Block Explorer. That's a one-shot, you're-out deal, right? Once yeah, you purchase it's that. supposed to be. Yeah. So... I think Swally said something like, oh, what's the cooldown on these? And I think, oh, no, it's just a, you buy one and that's it. But um, he managed to get his one and then the cooldown was 15 minutes for the next one. So I was like, ah. Oh. So if I had have got that first USD one, I would have had enough time to get a second pack. But what that means is the people who were shined on by the RNG gods and got a good position in the sale at the front, like you're available a first or something, they would have had the opportunity to buy multiple, multiple packs. Do you No, that that has happened in some cases in some previous sales. Yep. But there were a few of us in the cafe and no matter when the people in front of me bought, they were all bumped to about three minutes after me. So they mm. all went in a single batch of open to everybody by the look of it. So everybody got to that like three minutes after me. So that's how I know I was like in the last batch of people because I only had like three minutes to buy. Oh, so you're everybody up was open for it. Uh, all right. So that doesn't make me feel as bad. Um, Swally says cool down should be 24 hours. Yeah, I've said that previously with some of the um, – but it goes the other way too. Like I know with some of the structure ornament sales – this is probably not this Genesis week, the last Genesis week, the structure ornament sales where I was buying up just as many as I could of Lockie's, um, the rocket, the llama rocket on the roof. I wanted to buy like 50 of those, but I had to sit there with the cool down. And this was like days after the sale had gone live. So, yeah, I, th- I think it should be a one and done 
especially on something that's that's such high demand and such limited supply, it should be one and done for something like that for say like like you've said there, Swally, for twenty four hours and then open it up. It's a free for all. Yeah, that that's what I think too. Um, because you know what this just encourages this whole RNG thing. It just encourages multi accounting. That's it just sucks. It just encourages it and it rewards it. Yeah, sure they might get um, jailed on the back end, but there's there is of course plenty of ways to squam your way out of some of that shenanigans at least temporarily so yeah i'd i'd love to see if if i could be in charge of upland for a day or for setting the going forward rules for a day i would say put a bloody eight hour gap between the end registration and the start of the sale so people can see if it's even bother you know worth getting up if i know i'm one thousandth in line for for a sale that starts at 2 a.m well, probably I'm not going to bother getting up at 2 a.m. or I'm going to set my alarm for like 4 a.m. Yeah, sing- oh, yeah, that's another thing too. Swally said there, a single registration for all items. How much of a pain in the butt is it to <laughs> to register for some of these things, especially some of the car sales when they've got 15 different things all for sale? Yeah, that's when I choose what to register for. It's like, yeah, I know I'm definitely not buying that, not registering for that. Definitely mm. not buying that, not registering for that. But then I've had some car sales where I've registered for everything, even though I wasn't buying, because I knew if I got a good point, I knew somebody who wanted it, and it mm. was in Upex, so there's no need to make a profit. You can just buy it for them. Yeah. Like, yes. if you have to put USD in, you need to make a profit. But if it's just, you know, the Upex that they can transfer, you can buy it and send it back. <laughs> yeah, especially for us, like like I said, um, $55 doesn't sound too terrible, but once you do the conversion rate and add in all the um, the extra fees you got to pay for the um, exchange fees and all that, it's pushing $90 for those totem passes. Yeah. Well, uh, I think all up $88 or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'd love to see a big gap between registration, of course. Yeah, it'd be nice to have a register for everything that's available there. Um, you you bought one, you're done. Get out of here for the next 24 hours and then you open it up free for all after that. So I have to wait and see. All right. Anybody else want to chime in? LeBan, you're in chat. How'd you go? Did you get anything? I don't know. Oh, yeah, no, that, that actually worked out well, Swally and I were raging each to each other at 2 a.m. or whatever it was, 3 a.m. Got two totems. Oh, nice. Well done, my there. Right. So, yeah, I thought that was interesting. As I said, just to recap on that, the Stock Car Pro red flag was a bit eyebrow-raising to see that kind of come out of the blue all of a sudden, but I was confident in the fact that they must have had it under control because they were proceeding with the totems, and that all seemed to go... Um, very smoothly so hopefully they managed to identify what the problem was with the stock cars and that perhaps won't happen again see how we go all right let me close that down and we'll get on to some wider web 3 news Um, i did say that gala was pushing its um its floor price or the lowest price it's ever been i believe now what's the reason for that well it's pretty significant. Gala Games co-founders are suing each other, alleging corporate waste and $130 million in theft. 
Co-founders of Gala Games are at loggerheads with rival lawsuits accusing each other of theft or corporate waste that cost the company a nine-digit sum. Oh, boy. That's messy, to say the least. So what does that actually mean? So the two co-founders, yeah, they're suing each other. Um, Gala CEO Eric alleges the company's director, Wright, stole $130 million in Gala tokens back in 2021 through his company, True North United Investments, which owes about 45% of Gala. Holy moly. It's kind of strange that it's taken them this long to work out that that has happened. According to Old Mate, the tokens were initially moved to a company wallet, then spread into 43 other wallets under Thurston's control before being sold in a complex web of obfuscatory transactions between September 2022 and May 23. Well, <laughs> that's not looking good for you, mate. The price of Gala dropped significantly on the news. Of course, the Gala Games ecosystem native token has fallen over 5% in the last 24 hours and is currently changing hands at yeah, 0.016 as we touched on the start. On the other side of the fence, Thurston alleges Shermer went rogue, neglecting to seek his input while making transactions that led to the sell-off and waste of millions of dollars in company assets, or as it's known in legalese, corporate waste. Wow. So the two head honchos are sitting at either end of the tables pointing fingers at each other over who stole what and what went where. Both lawsuits asked for the removal of the defendant and the paying of multiple means in compensation and relief. Thurston's suit asked for $750 million. Wow. Alleging Shermar misused at least $600 million from the company funds while the CEO's lawsuit asked for the $130 million gala tokens allegedly stolen plus damages. Wow, wow, wow. Now, why is that of any concern to us? Well, we do know that gala is mixed up with Upland. So it's going to be interesting to see how that all shakes out. Now, Gala has put out an official statement about this. Let me just... Pardon me. It reads, Dear Gala community, we wanted to provide you with an important update regarding recent legal developments involving the founders of our company. Blah, 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 blah. On August 31st, a derivative shareholder lawsuit was filed by Gala Games. Yes, we know all that, blah, blah, blah. These litigations undoubtedly may engender inquiries and apprehensions within our community, you think? But we assure you that the Gala community has our unwavering commitment to transparency and accountability throughout this process. Accountability, accountability is going to be interesting considering the amount of, you know, the dollar amount being involved there and thrown around. In accordance with the principles of justice and due process, we must allow the legal process to unfold in its entirety. As an active case, we are legally restrained from making public comments or speculations concerning the ongoing litigation. We want to emphasize that this legal process is primarily a dispute between the founders and does not involve the company in any substantive way. How can it not? How can it not involve the company? You're talking about, what do they say, 45% of the tokens have been sold off via <laughs> all these bloody wallets. We are confident that Gala is well-positioned and will remain unscathed. Well, there's not much chance of that. Gala will continue to thrive and achieve sustained success. I hope so because I am a bag holder. 
We persist in our dedication to ongoing innovation, blah, 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 fluff, fluff, fluff. Furthermore, our gala music artists continue to thrive, churning out exceptional, yes, 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 yes. We pledge to keep our esteemed stakeholders appraised of developments as these legal actions evolve. Uh, yes, 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 yes. We extend our profound gratitude, blah, blah, blah. All right, so there's not much they can really do except damage control in these sort of situations. If you are a bag holder, it becomes one of those, oh, should I get out now and just salvage what I can? Or like I will probably do, do I just maybe just take a little bit of a more of a nibble and just hedge a bet that maybe this is going to all clear itself out and you, know, you reduce your your um, average buy-in price. Um, super risky. Whenever ever anything like that comes up, that could very easily collapse into nothingness. We, we talked about this um, last week. Any of these kind of Web3 projects, um, that you could go to turn something on and it's just not there. So Zoe said, I was just thinking now would be the time to buy in. It's definitely, I wouldn't, not that I'm offering financial advice, but I would say in this situation, if I was to increase my gala bag, I would be dollar cost averaging, daily dollar cost averaging my um, maximum exposure. So if I wanted to put, say, another $100 into buying Gala, um, I would maybe do 5 bucks a day until that ran out or maybe $5 every other day. That's probably what I'd do rather than just go all in because news like that, especially with something that's a litigation process, there's probably more news that's going to come out. Um, so it wouldn't be unusual to see the the price tank even further. But, yeah, as I said, nothing rash. Yeah, just whatever you're willing to lose. Got to be risk it to get the biscuit too. So it kind of goes both ways. But, yes, definitely um, a bit unsettling when you see news like that. So that's not the only shenanigans that is about. As I said, Atomic Hub is also in a bit of trouble. Now, that is the, that's the main platform for the Wax blockchain, which it's kind of interesting to see that Wax hadn't moved that much. So maybe this isn't as bad. This is a very clunky article. Um, I believe the Drop It's Like It's Hot Boys, they cover this as well on their show. So make sure you get on over and check them out and give them a like and subscribe. Um, Atomic Hub files for insolvency protection, WAX, EOS, and immutable exchange, legal and ethical reflections. Um, like I said, this article is quite clunky. So if you do want to check this out further, probably go over and read it yourself. So this is kind of what we want to see here. Put simply, this means that Atomic Hub judged that it no longer had the revenue or liquid assets necessary to pay its bills and debtors and it opted to file for insolvency protection prior to a legal claim being made against the organization. So, yeah, there's a lot of play there. And there was actually, the writing on was on the wall for this. Um, if you're somebody who is engaged in WAX or the Atomic Hub space, there was several very well-known um, people associated with that that were made redundant or chose to leave. Not really sure in some of the cases whether it was either the writing was on the wall and they chose to bail or whether it was, you know, a bit of a handshake. So, yeah, disappointing to see that because, again, Atomic Hub is, that's pretty much all I use for all my WAC stuff. It's just super easy to use. 
um, it would be very disappointing to see that get taken away. So hopefully they can get that all solved out and hopefully that's just a temporary blip because, you know, if that folds, that is going to have a massive impact on the wider wax community as well. So have to wait and see. All right, next up on the agenda we have, um, if you're on the Twitter, which I highly recommend you do get involved in the Twitter, there's always lots of interesting conversations that go on on the Twitter, um, not just by a massive Upland crew over there, but there is a whole bunch of wider Web3 stuff that goes on as well. And you know, it's, I guess freedom of speech over there is a bit more, a bit more apparent than some of the... Um, the discord channels shall we say so you can tend to get away with a bit more over there so what am i banging on about well i did share a this article there maybe last night or the night before i forget exactly when this article is all about the metaverse real estate market the net being the next big big thing and it states major giants axie infinity crypto voxels decentraland foundation linden lab so Again, this is a very clunky article. There is a there is a PDF linked here. Just be careful when you click on any of these sort of PDFs. Not saying that this is, but there are if whenever you read an article and the wording is very clunky, it can be a hint that this is just a big setup for you know malware. So just put that out there. But why is this of any interest whatsoever? The thing that I've been banging on for a very long time is why is Upland not not a major part of any of these sort of conversations. Like, okay, Axie Infinity, it, it, it's huge, all right? So that, that's a different kind of thing. CryptoVoxels, Decentraland Foundation, Linden Lab, yeah, sure. But when you look at Upland stats, they, they don't even compare. So it kind of drives me a bit crazy. So we have another one here. This is another article, 2023 Metaverse Technology Market Size and Share, Market Sales Volume, Status and Outlook till 2030 again this is another metaverse kind of what's happening in the market now what's happening in the future and there's no mention of our plan whatsoever in this well why major players in metaverse technology market are ByteDance, epic games netease zq game baidu netmarble unity microsoft lilith meta formerly facebook tencent roblox mihoyo nexcon some of those I've never even heard of, despite doing two and a half years worth of Web3 Metaverse shows. I've never even heard of some of these. Um, why is Upland in the mix? Why is Upland just completely off the radar? Can I offer an opinion? Absolutely. My opinion would be is that the others are 3D immersive. Okay, so um, I don't know if you've ever played much 3D immersive in a metaverse, uh, you actually end up with a very big link between you and your avatar, which is not the same as a block explorer. Mm. Okay, so it actually becomes an extension of yourself. Like an emotional um, attachment sort of thing. Yes. So if somebody assaults your avatar, you actually feel like you've been assaulted to some extent. Mm. Um, so... Those are 3D metaverses where we are still very much in like a 2, 2D world. Um, it's going 3D in bits and pieces, 
but it's still very much 2D. And I think that's where people are making the distinction. Um, that's my opinion anyway. Yeah. Do, do, you think, do you think there's an aspect of it? I know a lot of people that I showed Upland to, I kind of gave up on it these days, but back in the day I showed the app to a few different people who are involved in the crypto space and they see like a cartoon-based llama and they go, what the hell is this? They don't really take it seriously. Do you think there's anything like that related to it too? No, no. I don't. I, mm. I think it's purely the whole 3D thing. Mm. Um, and, you know, it's great that Upland is, is developing into the space where you create your own thing, which is the major thing of most metaverses is uh, there are no rules. You can do whatever you want. Well, there are, you know, very small limiting rules um, mm. and you stick within those. Um, but otherwise you can do whatever you want. And Upland is developing that, whereas the others, it's kind of there from the start. And yeah. that's like a bit of a difference. Yeah, it's it, it can be a bit of a blessing and a curse, can't it? I mean, if if we slide under the radar, then that of course that gives Upland more time to get all of this you know, functionality, utility, blah, 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 all up and running. It also gives all of us who were in early more time to set up our profiles and this, that, and the other thing. But, you know, we're, what are we, coming up on five years into this thing and it's still not even being mentioned, you know, not expecting to see it at the top of some of these lists, but it'd be nice to be able to see them somewhere. So that's, that's an interesting angle that you've mentioned there that I haven't considered previously. Um, now, as I said, I did share this on Twitter and we had, did have a few people who followed up with their own kind of suggestions. Um, some of these are heavily FUD related. So take that with a grain of salt. So Mio here said marketing, real marketing, short and to the point. Mark Smith has said the depth of research and quality of these stories is so low, meaning that, um, that, uh, that article that was just shared. Now, some of those, not that one, but some of those articles, you know, the top five metaverse projects, they appear to be, it's almost very easy to see that they're kind of loosely paid adverts that, you know, these projects have paid to be in those lists. But that's definitely not the case with that one. So that's what I kind of think and he's hinting at here. Um, why don't the writers just look at DAP Radar before they keep citing Sandbox and Decentraland? Yeah, it's Sandbox and Decentraland are always the major ones that get mentioned, but their their user stats is laughable, absolutely laughable, and they you know active wallets and whatnot. Um, Mark Smith goes on to say, I also think that Upland doesn't understand how to get earned media. A good communications person can change this quickly. Um, Upland does have a specific marketing team. They do have leaders in that team. So I don't know. We just, yeah, this could things be improved on? Yeah, absolutely. Everything could always be improved on. Um, Droopy, oh, mate, Droopy, he's gone straight into the FUD. In my opinion, in well, meaning Droopy's opinion, management, there is no senior manager holding any of their departments accountable. Upland's marketing promotion team has always been as bad as their customer service team and no one is demanding better. Um, that's a fair statement, Droopy. Droopy's never been shy to get his opinion out there. Um, board of Money, I use the inquiry function to ask for the reason. So that's good. Look, Board of Money's been proactive, which is probably something I should have done. He's clicked on the article and sent through, hey, why aren't you including Upland? So I'd be interested to see if anything comes to that. Um, 
upexland.me has tagged. That must be the people responsible for that article, AMA Research. St. James has said, none is accurate in this whole article. Yeah, as I said, it was a pretty clunky article. Happy MFR says, I think it gets no press because it's not on Ethereum or Sol. EOS is garbage in the crypto world. Um, ouch. There's a lot of truth to that too, I think, because Sandbox, Decentraland, most of those have a crypto, um, you know, a tradable crypto token associated with them where clearly Upland doesn't. So that's that's long been speculated that that's one of the major reasons. Um, again, there's pros and cons of not having a crypto token directly associated. I think I think the pros of that vastly outweigh the cons. And then a Colton Nimis has said, when we are driving around the map, hitting up our coffee shop, it just might be. So he said, he's basically saying, pardon me, just you wait and see. What do you think, chat? Zoe, I feel like Upland is a grower, not a shower. Is that what you just said? Interesting. A quiet grower. Yes, those are my words, not Zoe's. Um, yeah. Again, I like being able to slowly build up my portfolio on that under the radar, but would like to see it be mentioned. It'd be nice to be able to have a conversation with somebody who at least knows what crypto is about and then them say, yeah, Upland, I've heard about that. What's that all about? Instead of just Upland, what the hell's that? And their eyes roll, roll into their head. So I have to wait and see. Um, another thing that's kind of a bit bizarre about all of that as well is Animoca Brands wasn't mentioned in that article. Now, Animoca Brands is one of the major funders of Upland. Um, Animoca Brands also, I had a look on their website before we kicked off. Animoca Brands has a portfolio of more than 450 Web3 investments, including significant metaverse investments and a $2 billion metaverse fund. And there was no mention of them whatsoever. So I don't know. And I forgot I got this next article up too. So let me just share this. So this is an article from November 5th, 2021, when um, Animoca, the news of that came through. Upland closes $18 million round uh, funding led by Animoca Brands and is now valued at $300 million. That's in 2021. I did a bit of clickety-clacking and I couldn't find an updated valuation for Upland. Is that, have you seen anything like that, Lil? Have you seen that bandied about anyway? Anybody? No, not at all. Yeah. So if we were valued at $300 million back in November 2021, what are we going back? 2020 was the first. That's a, So this is pretty much the second year of the community. So the community wasn't tiny. We were on Discord, but it wasn't what it is now by any stretch of the imagination. So you'd have to think that the valuation of everything nowadays, well, I mean, Upland is still around. It's got on multiple partnerships since then. It has been far more established. As I said, it's got the best, it's got the best um, daily active users around. It's got just incredible minting per second stats out there. There's nothing that even comes close. So 
it's a very stable platform despite all of you know the bear market everything else getting smashed in the bear market and our plan's still chugging along so you would have to think that the valuation would be significantly higher than that now and yet still don't get no love it's very very strange it could really benefit from a media articles um consultant they should have doubled by now yeah i, I would think so too um we have seen some people be proactive with this. I know um, Morchi's put an article out. I know Shacklin's put articles out in the past. Um, we do have uh, it's Joe Lives has him and a few of his partners have got a book coming out as well that's heavily upland focused. So maybe maybe if we're talking about this, you know, this time next year. Well, hopefully it doesn't take that long, but it'd be nice to see a bit more bit more semi-mainstream coverage, put it that way. And uh, as I mentioned before, with the NFLPA and that being a one-sided partnership, I think that's part of the problem too. Like it's it's all well and good to say, hey, we got a FIFA partnership. We're going to sell all this FIFA crap. But you go on all of the FIFA websites, there's no mention about Upland. There's not even like a banner thing you click on. There's no, there's no FIFA-orientated um, media news articles. There's nothing. So it's kind of bizarre. We keep getting excited about these new partnerships, but if it's not being pushed by the, the other partner in the mix, they're basically just selling the same stuff to the existing play base, which, you know, yeah, they're definitely not mutually beneficial. And um, we were talking about this a couple of nights ago in Upland General when I was posting like milking gifts. They're just milking, milking the existing community for all it's worth. Um, that has been... A very long history, um, and there's definitely not anything wrong with that. I'm I'm all for keeping the business open. They've got to keep the lights on in the office. I always say that. But, yeah, it would be nice to get a little bit of mainstream traction. So maybe Upland could lean on their partners a bit too. Like, um, hey, it'd be nice if you, you know, put a banner in your bloody website or put an article out there. Come on, Upland. You could do it. That's all I want to say about that. We're running a bit long for time, so we'll just quickly gloss over some mid-certiverse news. What's making news? Um, what? Let's have a look here. We'll just do this quickly because it's always bad. It's always bad news in the mid-certiverse. What's happening? Dramatic twist. So this is Australia. Dramatic twist in 90, 40-year-old murder mystery. Ooh. Qantas CEO in $17 million cash out sparks intrigue. Tassie hospitals buckling under the winter surge. Fresh warning after e-scooter blaze. What's it like down your way with these bloody e-scooters? Lily and Zoe, what's it like down your way? They're everywhere. Yeah. They're bloody everywhere here, and I keep seeing on the way to work, every other morning I see there's a lady who is heavily pregnant on one end, on one side, She's got a baby and a baby born on her back, no helmet. I don't know where she's going or where she's coming from, flying along on the bloody footpath. I'm one of these e-scooters. I'm like, whoa, you're a classic temporary Australian. Mm. Just sketchy, sketchy, sketchy. So that's what's happening in Australia. What's happening in Kiwiland? Two people dead in car crash. Oh, that's not good. I'm going to F you up, mate. Ooh. Former designer and car dealer sentenced to 300k tax fraud. Rideshare driver 
sexual assault. Oh, man, meth. Come on, Japan. Maybe you can pull it back for us. What's happening here in Japan? Prince Hisahito, second in line to the throne, turned 17. Oh, there you go. Happy birthday, Prince. Well done. Good on you. China declares to join IAEA system to monitor Fukushima-treated water. Now, this was hilarious. Um, my wife recently invested in some kind of fancy boxing that we can plug into the TV, and now she can watch all Japanese TV shows. She was watching the news the other night, and China put out something as part of that Fukushima thing. They're like, oh, look what Japan's doing. It's turning all the water black. And then it turns out that not even in Japan it was from somewhere completely different. There's lots of shenanigans going on there. So that's the meat suitiverse. I don't know if you saw on Twitter too. I sh I um, shared a bit of a shock to the system. I got in the meat suitiverse when we were walking down the beach the other day. If you haven't seen that, check that one out. That was a bit of fun. Never heard my wife laugh so hard in a while. She was pissing herself. All right, we'll see if we can race through this last bit. We're on to our quips. Oh, maybe not because this is probably it's a pretty good one. This week, quip stands for questions, insight, provocations, and statements. If at any stage you have some upland or, you know, whatever you want, Web3-related quips that we could dive into on this show, then let me know what they are via a Discord DM or there is a Google Form link in the description. Um, if you... Do that and you include your in-game name, you'll win yourself a prize, which at the moment is 5,000 Upex. This week, C324R15, a.k.a. Caesar, asks, how to fix holes, meaning multi-accounting loopholes, in Upland? He's got a fairly big statement here, so I'll read through parts of this. For example, a user got one main old, meaning account, and four or more new background accounts that all have the 5,000 Upex sign-up bonus. On a new city release, those four accounts are able, meaning the, the new multi-accounts, those four accounts are able to mint FSA properties and funnel all of them through offers to the main account at mint price plus, say, 300 UPX on top to avoid being flagged. Yeah, I mean, the classic example for multi-accounters is that... Um, you know, they get those extra FSA properties and they filter filter them back to their main account for one Apex or something like that. Most of the time they get sniped. That That's clear. Um, the smart multi-accounters, they do it from mint price plus a bit. Um, he goes on to say, after that main account has a good stack of properties in a new city and the rest of the background accounts have slightly more Apex to be ready for another city release, they can mint the FSAs again, funnel them again, and... What he's trying to say, he says, if FSA properties has no option to be traded through offers, then open market trades would elim eliminate that. Unfair asset funneling. Huh. So what's he saying here? So currently the system is, yeah, you can, you're not allowed to do this, by the way. This is clearly a terms of service breach. Um, he's saying if you have multiple accounts and you use the offer system, to go mint plus, say, 300, 500 UPEX, that legitimately, in air quotes, get the, gets those FSA properties to the main account. So what he's saying in there, for FSA, for FSA players or FSA properties, the option to be traded through offers should be turned off. 
meaning if they wanted to do that, they would have to put those up on the open market for sale and do their best to grab them with the main account. But chances are it's going to get sniped by somebody else. Interesting. Any um, opinions on that before I ramble on a bit more? Turning off offers for FSA properties. I think it would actually work because if you make an agreement to buy something from an FSF player, you're paying a lot more than mint for it. They've minted you something specifically, you're paying a lot more than mint. It's not going to get sniped out from under you. Yeah. So you're still going to be able to do your fair transaction with an FSA buyer for you. Mm. I don't think it would make any difference other than, you know, stopping them from multi-accounting. Yeah. Yeah, Caesar also goes on to say, as well as those four accounts will continuously grow until they get to their 100K net worth, they will receive spark bonuses every time they level up. And then, of course, we see this happening all the time. Those, all of those tiny multi-account spark balances get staked on the main account's buildings. Um, and the cycle can be repeated numerous times if no change will take place. And Caesar did put a note at the end there. I don't know if you want to read this out loud because someone might see this as an opportunity. Yeah. This is not a how to do <laughs> how to do instruction manual. This is a terms of service breach. If you try and do this, you will get more than likely get sent to Alcatraz. So, yeah, that's definitely food for thought though. Turning off the turning off the offers for FSA players. I just wish they'd get rid of the whole bloody thing. Drives me absolutely bananas. That's my take on it. Get rid of FSA. But then I know your your husband Lee. He he did really well with the FSAs back in the day. Is he still trying to flip out of those, or do you get rid of them all? No, he still has a lot of them. I think he's planning to keep a lot of them because of the fact that he managed to get three in lots of cities, so he could fill those collections. Mm. And he doesn't need to go back. Like, yeah, so. it's, it's a tough one, isn't it? I mean, you wanna. I guess you wanna support the. I guess I'm not being really fair there when I say just scrap it because I'm thinking back to when I started and I can say, well, there was no bloody FSA system when I started, but San Francisco was unminted for well over a year. You you could take months and months and months to decide if you're going to buy a rare collection property or not. So I think the FSA is good, but I think we need to inform the FSA buyers that there are still properties around the same price available mm. that are not FSA and you can flip those instantly yep. um, for, for a profit and you're not limited to the two um, and they need to mix in not just FSA but actual non-FSA properties in order to move forward faster. They're yep. all limping along on the FSA thinking that, you know, that's what they should be buying, whereas it's not all they should be buying. Yeah, well, that's a good point too. You can kind of box yourself into a corner and you're just going to lose interest, aren't you? And you're just going to walk away, do something else. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a very real threat as well. So, hmm. interesting. But it is good because people with good internet and lots of UPEX will go and buy what would have been FSA properties by like 20 and 30 um, and then flip them. So I'd rather those be reserved for FSA for new players. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 
All right. Well, thank you for that, Caesar. That was good food for thought there, mate. You've grabbed yourself 5,000 UPX. I had a look before. There's only one other, there may be one or two quips in there that I haven't touched on. So if you haven't got one in and you got a question or something that you want to chat about and you want to get yourself some easy UPEX, send it on through. All right. Just in wrapping up, got some Midtown Terrace news. Um, the Midtown Terrace 100 track or the MTU 100 track Speedway Medaventure building will be inaugurated in about 27 hours. Whoop, whoop. And then the wait will be on for the track to be officially included in the racing tracks list, of course. I believe that could take anywhere up to two, three weeks. Have to wait and see. Then everyone's going to get the opportunity to race around the Genesis node in one of the most heavily developed neighbourhoods in all of our plant. Like I said, I can't even get a screenshot of it on my phone because if I scroll over and try and capture too much detail, it just crashes the whole bloody thing. So keep your eyes and ears out for that one because it'll, I imagine, look pretty cool zooming in between all the buildings and all of the decor on that that's spread out all over the place. Um, I will be putting out some kind of testing event for it when it's all good to go, of course, and that'll come with some kind of juicier prize, juicy, juicy prize associated with it. So... Keep your feelers out for that one. The best way to keep up with all of that, of course, is to be in the NBA server. Um, the MTU 100 track is officially sanctioned with the URL. So any sort of thing I do there will also be um, advertised or, you know, in collaboration with what the guys and girls have got going on over there as well. Um, some other MVE news. I am going to start a new long-form interview show um, that's going to start this week called the Metaverse and Beyond, um, similar to how we used to have the UDU podcast and the Wine and Cheese show. Um, going to be doing pretty similar, although the the long form interview show that I'll be doing will just be it would be a pure interview show, um, and of course, saying uh, no thank you to the PT format. I'll be sticking to the AEST format. Um, have two guests booked so far. Um, one of those might be recording tomorrow, another one on the weekend, I believe. So keep your eyes out for when they go live as well. Um, I used to do this way back in the day with the um, Who is Udu series or something like that, where I'd get together with some Udu members and just chat about, you know, who are you? How'd you get involved? What are you into? Um, so if that's something that you yourself would be interested in, like if you have an Upland NFT or Metaverse product or something to promote, or maybe you're just somebody who's engaged in Web3 who wants to have a chat. Opportunities will always be available for engagement in not just this podcast, but also that new one as well. Um, there's not going to be any specific like um, schedule for that. I'll just do them if and when things pop up and become available. Um, it's not going to be a weekly thing, that's for sure. Well, might be, I don't know, but it's definitely don't plan to be that. Um, if you want to get involved, as I said, send me a DM on Discord or drop a comment in the YouTubers to discuss and secure your spots. Now, time for some giveaways. In last week's NBA Server Competition Challenge, you had to get yourself into the NBA Server and let us know what you think about the upcoming Totems release and what do you think the base prices on those will be. Um, I was the winner-winner chicken dinner on that. I guessed 50000 and ended up 55000 So there you go. Give myself a pat on the back and a prize. So let's see if the wheel of names is going to play nice. Let me X out of these. Oh, it didn't reload. Well done. Well done, wheel of names. So new fancy wheel of names with new branding. So we had Laban Maui, 
Weenasa, that's a new name. I haven't read that one before. Thanks for jumping in and getting involved. Michael Tan, Angry Essa, Shaklan, Cassastra, and Kinda Five Kinders Five Twenty. Let's see who's gonna win. Who's gonna win? Who's gonna win? Oh, Michael Tan is just cleaning up. Michael Tan, awesome. Congratulations. Five thousand Upex on the way for you. Now let me just See if I can jump over. What did Michael Ten actually say here? Maybe I can share that. I don't think I'll give away too many trade secrets if I share that. So if you don't know what the NBA server is, well, this is it here. So you have to scroll up. There is a contest channel here. It's got a little trophy on it. NBA contest. That's where all of this stuff gets done. Um, Cheese does have another one down here with her new show that she does. Where is it? Cheese chat. I think she's got one cheese comps contest cheese. Yeah, so she's got one down there. So there's a couple of different ways you can get involved with giveaways and prizes. So this is where we do the NBA ones. And who was the winner? Michael Tan. Let's see what Michael said. Michael said, I think totems will be mildly entertaining. I'm excited about life in Upland, but I think it will be used to keep active users logging in. You'll have to check every 36 hours to get a reward after 30 days kind of thing. Price-wise, I'm guessing 10K, 25K, 75K, and 200K. Whew. Um, check in every 36 hours. Gosh. Who checks in every 36 hours? I hope so. That's easy to keep track of. It's only going to be that. I think it's going to be more like checking every three hours. Have to wait and see. So that was last week's challenge. As I said, congratulations, Michael Tan. So this week's challenge, again, get yourself into the NBA server, into the contest channel. You know where it is now. If you listen on the Spotify, well, you're just going to have to work it out. Link in the description. And let us know how you went with the stock car and totem pass sales. Or if applicable, why you skipped them, why you didn't get involved. That's all you got to do. And you will be on next week's wheel for a chance to win 5,000 UPX yourself, clear after face. Now, that brings us to the weekly wheel. Now, I did write down who was in. I don't believe anybody but us five was in. I think that was good to go. So I can just edit this wheel. Uh, Laban was there. Laban's in. Lily's in. Swali. And Zoe. Okay, so this is who's in for the live chat for the recording. This is going to be another 5,000 Upex. Oh, she's pulled it off two weeks in a row. 5K on the way for Lily. Thank you very much. All right, now that is all we had to cover. Let me just check my notes. Yep, we're good to go. A reminder that if you are in a time zone that fits in with the Wednesday night recording schedule of starting at 7.30 p.m. AEST, Australian Eastern Standard Time, and you'd like to get involved, the link to the weekly Zoom is always going to be dropped in the NBA server about 15 minutes before the show starts. If you don't know how 7.30 p.m. AEST relates to your specific time zone, there is a link in the description as well for a very easy-to-use time zone converter. Um, so get on in and 
check that out. But as I said, with the um, contest and that that we do, there's plenty of ways that you can get involved, even if you're not live. That's all I've got this evening. Anybody else got some last words? We good? All good. All right. Thanks, everybody. And we shall catch up later. This entertainment production is brought to you today by the Samurai Aquatics and Decor MetaVenture. Scan that QR code or click that link in the description and dive yourself headfirst into the Samurai Aquatics Discord server to pleasure your peepers on our current and future range of outdoor decor.